0: as we experience some technology issues due to inconsistent internet. I have done my best to edit the Q&A with Rod for you to enjoy. Hello and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Laura McKillop. Unfortunately, I'm without my co-pilot Dan tonight as he has caught the dreaded COVID and is resting up in bed. Uh, No doubt he will listen to this at some point. So, Dan, rest up. We'll see you next week. I would like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our live weekly Q&As. Tonight, I am fortunate enough to be speaking with Rod Kavanagh, the president of the Australian Utilities Stock Dog Society. Rod will be picking what he thinks is the best question of the night, and they will win a bag of Enduro Plus, high-energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat. Good evening, Rod. How are you going?
1: Um, Good evening, Laura and everyone. I'm very well, thank you.
0: That's good. We'll, we'll jump right into it. Would you like to tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from and what you do?
1: Well, I'd just like to thank Dog Talk especially um, for the privilege of being on their show. Um, I've watched pretty near most episodes and I've enjoyed them very much and it is a privilege to be here. Thank you very much for asking me. Oh, glad Uh, to have you. Dan and Laura. I wish Dan the best with his... Thank you. Well, a little bit about myself. Um, I'm pretty... I'm about... I'm 75 years old. I've always had a deep passion um, for the all-round utility stock dog. I've keenly observed these dogs at at work um, in different areas, uh, shearing is one of my main occupations. Had a couple of hang dogs for penning up in the sheds, and for general farm work. I've been involved with many dog trials over for over 50s, so um, I have probably got a bit of knowledge. I hope I have, and, and if I have, I'd like to share it with everyone. Um, I certainly don't make any claim to the blue, blue ribbon fame. Um, I don't think you have got one. About 30 years ago, I wrote a book uh, called Australian Sheepdogs Training and Handling. Um, 10,000 copies were published and distributed. They're pretty difficult to obtain now. They're probably collected items. Uh, Currently, I'm the president of the recently formed Australian Utility Stock Dog Society. And this society has adopted essential natural trait for its premise and benchmark uh, the stock dog challenges that we hold the events we hold include both sheep and cattle work um, I live at Victoria with my wife and together we enjoy family life beautiful so what was
0: childhood like for you Rob? Would you like to tell us a bit about growing up and some life experiences?
1: That's about it, Laura.
0: No, that's all right. Um, are there any growing up stuff you'd like to tell us about? or?
1: Yes, I would like to, Laura. Um, when I was only about two years old, I was always adventurous and uh, I was to go missing and they couldn't find me it's one evening eventually to parents relief someone discovered me in the dog kennel with a chain around my neck I guess I was destined to be connected to dogs and have my sense as kids with bush it was our playground we had bush all around us or a fair bit of it anyway but nearly always it included having a dog with us we had a small farm near Whittle Victoria, which is pretty near the suburbs, the suburbs of Melbourne these days. He was always interested in training a dog that was suitable for handling a few sheep, for getting a cow or two back home that had wandered down the path, down the road. In 52, 26 years old, our family headed to Heath, Victoria, to watch the Captain Payne field trial. What I recall most of all was the long-searching cast where, at times time, some dogs had to be sent further afield to collect sheep and they, that could be barely seen at that distance. I consider the seed in me to be, and to be interested in working stock dogs. It's still uh, very clear in my mind some of the handlers sending their dogs, recasting their dogs at a, at a distance. Um, it's really stuck in my mind. I've always loved handling stock. Study for of buying, but but uh, didn't like school much, so uh, I never qualified. I started working at farms, shearing. I sure about forty years on and off. A fair bit of that time, I did a lot of other things. There was a fair bit of that forty years that I wasn't cheering at the time when I was, I was learning the tally system, as it was known at the time, involved learner shearers being instructed by professionals. I enjoyed being one of the team of learners, and did a few sheds in the Riverina of New South, one being that hot on the uh, Darling River, it was called um, River Park, I think it was, it's a long time ago. It nearly cooked us. It was eight days of about 45 degrees in a row. Anyway, in 1996, the real Wanderlust set in, and um, I had an opportunity to uh, get a job as a surveyor with National Mapping in Queensland and the Northern territory i love the remoteness especially up in the gulf there was no um, communication no telephone no tv Um, you might write a letter home they might get it in a, a week they might get it for two months i love the outback and the isolation we had a helicopter contract to get us on to the Sir Edward Pellet Island, although they were just out, of, out in the Gulf from Boralula. This small chopper would fly us out to various advantage points to construct trigonometry points where four-wheel drive trucks had no chance of access. When they dropped us off, you always listening later on in the day, hoping you could hear that chop, 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 hoping they'd find us again in the However, however, when the wet season came, we were sent back to the base camp, which was in, um, in right in the centre of Melbourne, actually. And I wasn't too keen on it. Anyway, mm-hmm. over the years, I've done a couple of more stints in surveying, but mainly worked on farming properties. I kept my hand in with shearing, sometimes with a contractor, but I did quite a bit of cocky shearing. As dogs, I consider myself more an observer than an achiever. I don't think I've really achieved much, but um, I've certainly always been interested in observed others. I don't think well, one might have been a blue one years ago. Um, in the 1950s, I was lucky as a kid to be taken out of school to <laughs> a sheepdog, Currumburra, that's in Victoria, uh, with my dad. I got to know some of the great. Handlers and their dogs. Uh, Ellen Miller was one. He had a dog called Butch. Harry Tennant, he, he worked Herdsman's Toss. Bill Marshall had Herdsman's we They were all um, fairly considered famous uh, partnership handler and dogs. And uh, we stayed with the Ross Brothers. They were more than uh, after our first camping stip, stint, we always stayed with them. In 1968, I was involved with the first three sheep dog trial at which continued for about 11 years. Bob Ross gave me a pup by his famous Yulong Russ. I got to know Jack Hiscock very well from Kil- Kilmore. His prefix, more was one of the best border collies available, and the dogs were known for their all-round working ability for both sheep and. Sheep. I purchased another dog by Yulong Ross, and his name was Mini Burn. Anyway, two dogs. I went off shoeing, wool pressing, penning, up, and general farm work. I went to Queensland a couple of times and other country, always with my dogs. They referred to me as being swaggy with a motor car. I didn't mind that. At the time, I didn't realise what a great couple of dogs I had. they certainly not easy to come by, and, and uh, you don't miss something until you haven't got it, I guess. In Three, I threw a rucksack over my shoulder and flew to New Zealand. I stayed with a shearing mate for a bit and um, went to the famous Golden Shears in the North Island. Had a look there. That's um, it's a bit like attending an AFL match. There's the, the cheering and it's fantastic. The atmosphere. Many highlights in New Zealand but, but attending an on- sheepdog trial was most interesting. The long head, the short head, egg hunter way, all the ways that you know what they can do and we can learn much from the Kiwis. As time went by I, I sort of got thinking I've experienced some great handlers and their dogs. I've seen some very ordinary handlers and dogs. Perhaps I can put something down on paper to express the good points that may be able to help those who are struggling. I was trying also to decipher for myself a set of commands that didn't conflict with one another. I knew some of those handlers, I'll just give you an, an example. Um, some of those great handlers, and it doesn't matter what commands are used as long as you're consistent, but they'd say they can't cast a dog with the command uh, clockwise come behind and the dog would cast a mile with that command come behind and he clockwise same person or persons would say here dog would clear out another hundred miles the other way didn't sort of make sense to me, so that's why I tried to get a few commands that I'll uh, call, I suppose, between. People. Anyway, the book I wrote, Australian Sheepdog Training and in, included um that's how it came about. Hopeless at writing, um, and it required three editors to straighten it out. Um, I wanted to do something and it's not right. Did I have another go, and get someone else to, try? eventually it, it worked out. I was the author, the publisher, and the main distributor of, of, of those, of those 10,000 copies. But um, I think I said to you before, Laura, if you want to make money, don't, don't write a book.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> In 91, um, this put me, my dog, I had a dog called Una Butch. Uh, it got us motivated and to get travelled all over Australia. We went through every capital city that year. Uh, bar in Canberra. Although it paid off, I had many wonderful times calling friends and acquaintances whom I'd met through dog training. I got sick of promoting the book and I just wanted to enjoy the thrill of traveling and seeing the country. Later on that year, myself with Sid Kavanagh, an uncle of mine, we went to Tasmania and enjoyed the few trials that we ended with our dogs. We had a lot of uh, well, we encountered a lot of mateship just a saying it is said that old dreams of the past and young dr- old men sorry dream of the past young men dream of the future i just hope i've got enough youth left in me to look to the future with great expectation. i love australia uh, lucky to have such a country uh, let us acknowledge and destroy towards worthy goals. That's about it. That's right. So you've mentioned your book a couple of times tonight
0: and I believe there are some funny drawings in it. How did that come about?
1: Well, I've always enjoyed a bit of humour, especially dry humour, and um, I think it's very good for everyone. And, uh, I knew a young lad by the name of Brett Cardwell in the off the, off the and he offered to sketch some cartoons. Um, He's one of the best cartoonists um, in the country. Greg Cardwell, um, as a young fellow, did the cartoons for me. Um, he's, He's still a cartoonist and he actually did a cartoon recently, Working Dog, attempting to get on with his daily routine of stock work but the dog was seen cursing the entanglement of red tape that prevented him. I think the caption was something to the effect flamen's paperwork and red tape.
0: So for someone, um, have you got any pointers for someone that wants to get involved with working stock dogs?
1: Uh, Most of those pointers, Laura, have been discussed in previous episodes, but perhaps to... Um portray them in briefly main, or bread and if possible see its parents works. find well during its whole life. Allow the pup or young dog to, to develop at its own pace, watch its natural working instincts, and then give a complimentary command to suit. Be consistent with praise and discipline. If things are going high, uh, um, a good suggestion, I think, is just take a look at yourself in the mirror or stop from a mentor. If you don't connect well with a young dog, pass it on to someone who will. The best thing that a dog can be done is experience of practical stock work, and that applies to um, young handlers. Practical stock work is of most important.
0: So, Rod, what do you believe are some essential natural traits of practical working dogs?
1: Uh, For one reason or another, I was always thinking about what good working dogs are capable of and what is the ultimate that stockmen and stockwomen can expect from their canine mates. Eventually, I had a long list. Stock dogs that can be sent on a long cast in the back paddock and relied upon to muster scattered stock over various terrain out of sight and bring them to a desired destination in a controlled manner and to be applauded. Stock dogs need to be intelligent, biddable, friendly, loyal, unafraid of vehicular travel and thunder and whip cracking and have stamina with agility accompanied, accompanied with calm confidence. Um, it's very important to have um, that, that calmness and, about a dog. Temperament—it's very important. Uh, Close-at-hand work is also required for stock dogs in sheep yards, shearing sheds, and in confined areas such as um, unloading the bottom deck of a of a semi with sheep. Effective bark and backing is also a great asset for dogs, especially in um, confined areas. Other natural traits when working stock include driving stock to, with and away from the handler. Holding together, stock, locking and holding them. Force any confrontation with, with stock, with so with strength, but without savagery. And they need to be have good distance. Need to be able to have break. Be able to head stock cleanly, uh, with a bit of eye, balance, cover, a model of good cover freedom of movement and minimal activity. Um, I think minimal activity is sometimes overlooked as, um, it's a very important trait because a dog that works a six to eight hours during a day, um, you only want a dog that will do what's what necessary. Otherwise you're just wearing stuff out and... Um,
0: Got to do the bare minimum sometimes.
1: Yes, that's right, Laura. Yes. Um, to sum it up, I think high-quality stock dogs must be able to collect, control, and move stock with plenty of heart and with purpose. Um, you know, I had a long list of essential traits, and it got published on the Australian Sheepdog Workers magazine or newsletter in 2014. I was travelling with a mate in the Simpson Desert and along the Hay River Track, and on reaching Civilisation near Winton, Queensland. Um, We were greeted and with the hospitality from Jim and Rhonda O'Connell, who stayed with them. And during that evening, I noticed that the latest edition of the um, Australian Sheepdog Workers Newsletter had had arrived, and I opened it up, and there was my list. I had a bit of pride (laughs) in my chest. And I asked Jim what he thought of it, but being a bushman as he is, he didn't give me an answer straight away. It wasn't until the next morning that he gave me an answer. He said, uh, it's near impossible to find a dog having all those attributes.
0: <laughs> and
1: uh, He's certainly right, Laura. That's, yes.
0: Uh, we, we all like no, perfect dog, it'd be nice to have one, wouldn't it?
1: It would be, yes, but um, we've got to be realistic.
0: Yes. So we know that you like to be very thorough with your commands. Would you like to tell us a bit about your methods?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure whether thorough is the correct um, the correct way. I think more I like to be consistent. I think that's more to the point. Um, first of all, give it give the pup a name that won't be confused with the main working stock commands. Encourage it to come to you with affection. With Come on, you little lighter or something. <laughs> uh, with time to the stop to the dog, to the pup, and the steady command, and make the pup sit down. Also make it come behind. Um, I'll just emphasise that word, come behind. Um, come and hear to my uh, way of commanding is for a dog to come closer to you to come. And um, just for instance, an incorrect command would be get behind because it's uh, contradictory to one way and the other. So be conscious of that. Um, After a while, when they get old enough to handle a few quiet stock, I put a clockwise and anti-clockwise command. I use round and over respectively um and they can be initially accompanied with go back uh, to cast further afield to look for stock or a command get away i have a drive away command which is simply drive and for a dog to come into stock it's simply into them uh, the commands um, pop-up, speak-up, push-up, they're all very useful commands uh, when working in sheep yards. All of these commands, they can be changed to suit different preferences. Um, you could speak um, Dutch words, as long as you're consistent. I knew an old bloke once who used check as a command, stock to stop, sorry. And he told me that a judge won't know what the command means and if his dog doesn't obey, it may not be docked for as many points. I thought that was pretty cunning, I think. Yeah, pretty smart. Yeah. I might have to try Um, that one. Yeah, you get away with it for a while.
0: Yeah, until everyone works out what it
1: is. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, arm signals are another way of commanding dogs. Um, When you call a pup, you generally eat it um, with a hand movement and a pat and and uh, give it a caress. I consider it best to continue and extend this encouragement with your arm and hand movement when directing a dog onto stock. The handler's arm points in the direction that you want the dog to travel. If the vice versa method is used, and I know um, many handlers do use the opposite and it, with effect, um, the handler raises an arm in order to block the dog, but I call this the intimidating method. I certainly prefer the former where your body can block a young dog if, re, if required, not your hand or rake or polypipe, etc. cetera. Uh, whistles are also a very effective way of commanding dogs. They're more defined, consistent, reliable, much easier to herd at a distance. A set of whistles was described in my book. Jake Nowlin from Cobargo spent some time in New Zealand and he can command his dogs entirely by whistles. Um, years ago I um, helped a bloke from New Zealand, Stuart Erskine he wanted to put down uh, some sheepdog whistles and I've just recently rekindled uh, what was put down years ago and I'm sure Jake might be very interested in looking at that.
0: I I bet he would be I reckon there'd be a few of us that would you'll have to pass that one on Rod
1: I have um, been talking to Jake about it, yes.
0: So how do you establish a good relationship with
1: a dog? Well, can I just say, I think one of the worst um, things that you might see in a dog is intimidation. It's probably that's been brought about through a handler's wrongdoing. When a dog requires some Discipline, it must be done in a way that retains 100% connection and, and mateship, even by the hand but has to be looked upon as a package. I even when a determined type of dog is grabbed by the muzzle with a firm hand, while the mouth is being opened for inspection with the other hand, a dog will look up to you with respect. Also, running a piece of polypipe, a broom, or even one of those garden rakes, I don't really like them. Running them over the dog will, with the words "good dog" will help bring the trust between you and the dog. I consider the training of a dog as similar to that of a horse. They're not broken, in but they're rather educated. Um, the dog for what it what they are. You can't make a dog what it is not. But um, just try and bring the best out of each dog. Garden rakes and regards are a couple of things that I really don't like because I they both have the opposite effect of making a strong bond between yourself and the others. <coughs> Some time ago, I just wrote a very small, small verse that might just briefly depict um, mateship. Uh, the scene was, could be at a, a drove camp and they're finished for the day while the black billy boils the yarn and drain. Then at last the cold day has been, but a swag curling whatever tomorrow may be. I think that chip is a bit of a depiction of mateship. chip. Yeah, I think it's nice.
0: So who have been some Thanks. of the mentors or influences um, in your working dog life?
1: Um, I wrote that really all my ideas and methods have been used over the years to come from great handlers and stockmen whom I and I respect as my mentors. Miller from Wood Victoria would say to me, Put your young dog in there, that being a pen. Weathers, and that's about all he know. He wanted to ascertain if the dog had any guts or not. I could, I'd watch you know the control he Had with his dogs on wild sheep out in the open. I remember him simply saying, "You want to breed for brains." Helen was no fool represented Australia at the 1967 Montreal Expo in Canada. He worked a pair of sheepdogs and incidentally, this was the first live TV picture relayed back to Australia from across the world. Bob Ross was another mentor. He was from Curranborough, Victoria. He'd probably be the humblest person anyone could meet. He won the uh, Canberra trial and there was a photo of him um, depicting him accepting the uh, winning trophy from Queen Elizabeth II second in 1970 it's a classic his dog Yulong us is casually scratching at a flea as Bob politely acknowledged thank you your majesty <laughs> This dog was considered the brainiest dog ever to enter the triathlete and all Bob would command was Russ, 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 in a quiet, but really they are a great combination. They are real mates. Another mentor, uh, Laura, is not a dog, dog man, but a great shearer he was and enjoyed. In- instructor. His name was Ben Parks from Whittlesea, Victoria. Mm-hmm. I loved Jeremy to him about early days in the bush and now back shearing shed. He was renowned for his stamina and quality and for his calmness towards... She- the quality I learnt most from him was that knocking any, any animal about his nose and only causes frustration. Dean also was no fool, he was he went overseas and struck the an Australian shearing method in Europe and South America. Jack Hiscock from Kilmore, I knew him very well through regular visits, shearing, and general farm work on the Hiscock property. I experienced seeing most of Jack dogs doing practical work and also at many sheepdog trials. Jade was one of the many dogs in Moreland that were capable of controlling licks one day and then working successfully in a three sheep trial the next. Uh, these are so, these are the fellows that are my mentors. It's nothing to do with technicalities, but everything to do with practical common sense. <laughs> That's
0: a you've got a few mentors there that obviously have been very influential to you. It's it's nice to have some fond memories with
1: them. So what is one of your most fondest trialling memories? Uh, I was judging the Australian Supreme. Um, I'd never won or even competed in any major trial anywhere. anywhere so I'm not sure, I wasn't sure they asked me, but I was determined to do a good job of it. The weather was that wet, one of the partly submerged obstacles had to be relocated to higher ground. And for about two and a half days, we as judges trudged around in wet weather gear. I recall Malcolm Taylor querying after working his champion bitch summer Floss. Where did she lose all those points? It was only
0: so, for so for
1: the listeners that may not know, can you tell us a little bit about the formation of the Australian Utility Stock Dog Society? It was considered necessary for the national. We took the plunge, and decided a public liability policy was established. The essential natural traits became the premise and benchmark. Our common sense is more important than technicalities with society. Uh, the AUSDS uh, designed a logo and, which appears on the Society's badge and banner. The slogan we have is Fostering Excellence in Breeding Practical Utility Stock Dogs. Australian Utility Stock Dog Society has a Facebook page and a website. out Days eventuated and then the annual Stock Dog Challenge was run near Holbrook, New South Wales in 2018. Other events followed um, at Reed's Flat New South Wales, Mansfield, Victoria, Hilton, Victoria and Gyron, in New South Wales. Unfortunately, the Hitamundi Homeo um block block Challenge in Victoria had to be scheduled, uh, rescheduled um, due to the COVID-19 virus. Hopefully our next event will be in March Again, it reached that New South Wales. There are three components to the Stock Dog Challenge and four aspects, A, B, C, and D. Um, The first component is long searching for cast and mustering and B, paddock and obstacle work. These two aspects are combined and cheap are used. A paddock with an area suitable to cast a dog 400 metres or so with an area close by set up some paneled obstacles is required. Uh, the second component is in a, some portable sheep yards that have a drink and a draught race and a ramp into which sheep are loaded and unloaded into a trailer. Uh, the third component is cattle handling. Uh, cattle arena is used with um, a couple of obstacles. The timekeeping and tabulating of results managed from a central position has the advantage where people can view all the components simultaneously. The uh, scoring of the society of the AUSD is a bit different to other trials. Instead of starting from 100 and ducking points through every fault, a more overall view of the dog's work is undertaken. The four aspects, A, B, C and D, are of equal importance and each accounts for 25% of the total possible scores. These four aspects are divided up into sections, with more points being allocated for important sections, etc. Assessments and scores given for each section are retained and cannot be under by faults occurring elsewhere. Each dog is expected to work in each of the three components and an attempt must be made to work each section. If a dog isn't coding very well with a particular section, the handler can go on to the next. The point score for that section would of course be zero even though it may be assessed and barking up are also only assessed with zero points due to the fact that these attributes are not all required to get the job done in a practical manner. Disqualifications are kept to a minimum and a dog crossing between the handler and the sheep, although often not desirable, doesn't incur a disqualification. Point score are used for calculating the result, whereas those sections that are assessed only, although noted, carry zero point scores. All point assessments can be perused at the event. There are various levels of competition, and the difficulty increases as the levels rise. Level one is fairly low key, the car is shorter, the drive is a handler. Helps the obstacles are made easier than level two and level three, etc. Competitors don't need to be members for level one. Any worker can compete with their dogs in this level, except for no those who have won this level previously, or at a higher level. It is designed to encourage stock dog and women women to enjoy friendly competition, especially young handlers and local farmers who may have a handy dog. There are quite a few of these dogs out there. They may never have seen a trial grant, but their potential and ability should not be lost. The society aims to make these handlers and their dogs fully inclusive. dogs that enter the uh, stock AUS Stock Dog Challenges, those official events. They could be kelpies, Border collies, crossbreds, as long as they are a type suitably bred to work livestock. But no matter what level they compete in, all dogs have to be registered with the society, this enables traceability of their performance, which is tabulated on a database. This record is important to the society and can be used as a great reference tool by others for breeding purposes. We all know that the bush telegraph is terrific, but it can become distorted and even lost over time. Major prize monies, sashes, and trophies are presented to the place of the all-round utility stock dogs at each level. Also, an award will be presented for the best display of stockmanship at each level. Minor prizes will also be given to the highest scoring dog in each of the four aspects at each level. The society is endeavouring to hold at least a couple of stock dog challenges annually in both New South Wales and Victoria, and hopefully one annually in each of the other states, including Tasmania, South Australia, and WA. It's a big ask to, um, for someone to supply a venue with both sheep and cattle. And if it's, anyone can help, it's very much appreciated. Formulating in all of these foundation documents and issues and presenting them in an orderly acceptable manner has been a mammoth task. We've had some teething problems, but um, I think we've overcome those. Um, I've certainly enjoyed it and hope that the society will grow from strength to strength for the betterment of the working stock job. So, away from dogs, do you have any other interests? Yes, I do, Laura. Quite a few. There's a couple of things I would just like to mention, if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, At times, it's been suggested to me that uh, I must love dogs. Well, I don't usually answer those questions, but... Inwardly, I think to myself, only a few of them. For sure, a good dog's a good dog, but some and some are specialists at different types of work and that's fine. But most of all, I love the, the well-trained, well-behaved and natural all-round utility stock dog. Um, just another point I'd like to make uh, regarding stockmanship. Yeah. Good stockmanship gives good outcomes of handling and moving stock. Some people inherit inherit that natural understanding of stock. Others acquire it with experience and yet others, unfortunately, never seem to get it. Good stockmen and good stockwomen can read stock and know to a large degree of certainty how stock will react to the movement of themselves and of their dogs. Stock dogs that are well-bred also have this natural ability to read stock. And with the combination from the handler it generally only takes a short time to settle and have contented stock at hand this can be experienced in all stock work situations it's also essential i consider that um, when judging trials stockmanship should be acknowledged unfortunately again much handling of stock is done with a hustle and bustle of quite quick motorbikes and rushing of dogs this makes for wild and unruly stock and it's not a good sight to see and create animal welfare issues. Also, it's not profitable having stressed animals. So I just wanted to mention that, Laura. I totally agree. So
0: away from dogs, do you have any other interests?
1: Yes, quite a few. I'm probably interested in most things that happen. Uh, Over the years, uh, I've done a lot of travelling and camping with my wife, Viv, Um, even before I was married, uh, I'd been to most nooks and crannies around the whole country. But since then, those places of Outback and inland have been duplicated on many occasions with family. We've also spent some time uh, within Indigenous communities. Uh, I love the bush and everything natural about it. We've always kept a diary when traveling and noted the different species of birds and flora and it's all interesting. And um, through travel, the travelling and shearing, I was able to experience different pasture and agricultural practices, meet other people and share some of their experiences. The sustainable agriculture is of interest and uh, I'm sure it is being more, more recognised as an important practice. Just going out at night and looking skyward and understanding the movement of the star constellations throughout the yearly cycle is so simple and natural. It's a natural phenomenon and yet it's a pity that um, a lot of us are ignorant for that fact. It's a big world out there.
0: And that's it, about sure. It. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it sure is a big world out there. Um, we've had some questions come in tonight. Are you okay staying on a bit longer and we'll ask a couple of them?
1: For sure, yes, Laura.
0: So Tony Robson has asked, um, how do you go about registering, registering dogs to compete in the AUSDS?
1: Uh, it's a fairly simple matter uh, we do have an application for dog registration it's there is a, a fee of ten dollars uh, the registration application form can be found on our website uh, it's just a matter of filling that out um, we don't have to know the full pedigree or any pedigree or breeding behind it whatsoever if you don't wish or don't know of it. So it's a fairly simple process.
0: Beautiful. Um, Naomi White has asked, she goes, Rod, I believe you have a litter of pups on the ground. What are you looking for in your pups um, to dogs long term?
1: Um, I would really hope that, um, I think there's, there were seven in litter and um, three of them have been placed to other people who re, were keen on having the, the, the particular breed. I'm just hoping that uh, they will develop into the type of dog that, um, well, the all-round utility stock dog, you know, their parents uh, along those lines. So that's what I'm looking for and they're only um, about 11 weeks or so. Um, they're fairly well-natured, calm, uh, I'll show them sheep initially and hopefully um, in due course they'll, they'll um, be adequate and be part of a team that um, we can be proud of. I think I think you're
0: looking for something spot on there. Another question here from Chris Egan. If you have a young pup that is from parents that you like and have strong gathering and herding instincts, but the pup just wants to follow you around when it should be at an age to start working sheep, how would you go about bringing the pup on? Waiting and trusting its breeding or trying different techniques to get around sheep?
1: I'm not really sure on that uh, to, to answer that question. That's all right. Um, I'm not sure how. I'd, I think uh, time's a big factor. Um, I'd certainly put it in a yard with the, with sheep without you being there and uh, see what reaction it has there. That might be one way of um, of um, getting a pup to work and and not being with you all the time. A bit like you
0: said, Alan. Um, Alan Miller told you to do.
1: That was more t- um, with a, a more mature dog, not a pup. Uh, oh, okay. Pup. No, that makes sense.
0: So mm. Rod, what does the future hold for you?
1: Well, I I certainly hope that the working stock dog future remains bright. It's pretty good at the moment. Um, dog trialling is often referred to as a sport, but there's a bigger picture that, to it than that. It's actually fairly serious business selecting and breeding practical utility stock dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefits of stock being handled well by such dogs continues down the chain towards efficiency, profitability and to the national economy. So it's, um, it's well worth going... In. It's, it's not just not a sport to play. Uh, trials in general help create a wider public interest and appreciation of stock dogs at work. This is great. All who are connected to trolling must be mindful though, that we are on public display and must be cautious of behaviour and display good stockmanship. I feel, well, I know it would be disastrous if trolling was jeopardised through extreme animal activist intervention. Uh, I feel we must educate the general public as much as possible about the importance of our working stock dogs.
0: Definitely, I think um, it's something that could let us down in the long run. But something like that, master dogs, I think it's a good start for the general public as well as a good, um, a good thing for the working dog community, I believe. So, I think you're on the I think. Yeah, who would you like us to sit down and have a chat with on Dog Talk?
1: Um, there's a Gordon Curtis. Um, he's from Kalbarri in Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he works his own team of dogs on his farm and in trials, but he is the president of the Australian Federation for Livestock Working Dogs. And I think he could be a good candidate. Um,
0: Definitely. Laura? I believe Dan's been talking to him. It's just a matter of um, internet service. I believe he doesn't have any service on his property. so. Makes it a little bit difficult, but we'll get there in the long run. Um, So it's that time of night, uh, Rod, to pick the best question from those three, Um, and that will be a bag of Enduro Plus, working dog food. So we had the questions from Chris Egan um, about the pups um, and the instinct coming out slowly. And then we have another one from Naomi, who was asking what you want in your pups long term, and Tony Robson um, about registering dogs in the Australian Utility Stock Dog Society.
1: I think Naomi's question, uh, what we expect of our dogs, of our pups long term, um, or of the particular pups I have, so uh, I would um, go for that question.
0: Morning. Well, um, Naomi, get in contact with us and uh, we'll get that bag of dog food too. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our members for tuning in tonight um, and Rod, of course, for your time. Before we go, I have one more question for you, Rod. Would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or 20 horses the size of ducks?
1: Why do you keep asking this, this <laughs> question? It's a great question. It's a great question. Um, it certainly opens your mind up. I thought of it, and I, I think I could perhaps pluck a couple of past dogs that I've had out of the blue, um, stocklight Jean and Mini Burn Cap. And I think if I could pluck them out of the blue, I think we could uh, round up and handle uh, ten horses the size of a duck. So I think I think we could have we could control that situation so i'll go
0: i think i think good on you for giving that a go (laughs) so thanks everyone for your patience tonight with our technology issues i will uh edit this recording and obviously upload to spotify for everyone interested in listening in the next few days um thanks again rod for your time and working with us with our technical issues thanks for jumping on it's been a great chat
1: Uh, I've enjoyed it very much, Laura, and as I said previously, it's been a privilege. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thanks for coming on. Yeah, as Dan would say, please remember the day we stop, we learn every day, and the day we stop learning will be a sad day. Thanks again, everyone.